Two guests today on my first concert. His was not as a fan, but as a security guard. And he shares stories, including a great one about Prince and Michael Jackson. You'll want to hear that. And another guest, she shares her stories of Billy Idol's mom, of Vince Neil and Motley Crue, of Metallica, as she was backstage as a promotions person. Fascinating stories today on my first concert with Dave and Brianne. Brianna Day back on my first concert. Great to have you with. Great to uh, say thank you to the folks at Propay and the environmentally friendly energy for everyone for bringing us a show here on the Talk North Network. And you can, of course, get this episode and all episodes on Apple, on Spotify. Guys, pretty much anywhere, Brianna, right? Yeah, and when you go there, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe is the most important thing because we want you to be a part of the show. Yeah, and uh, you're just uh, back from uh, Colorado, and uh, it was summertime, and it uh, snowed a little bit, huh? Yeah, sort of a little bit of a <laughs> ironic kind of experience, but one in the mountains, right? So, yep, I saw a show at Red Rocks. I saw Lord Huron. Uh, I had purchased the tickets back oh, in wow. 2019, and it finally got to coming to pass, and it was it was very cool. Okay, I'm a fan of Lord Huron, but I have never seen them in person, so... I've seen them twice, and, and they're my favorite band. They're so t they're very talented. You know, I don't mean to toot their horn or anything, but it it speaks for their set design and just the the feeling and the interaction with the fans. It's it's a really kind of special experience. And Red Rocks is like it's the perfect experience. I've only been to Red Rocks when there's not a concert. Sure, you know, which is fun too. People are working out, running up and down, doing all sorts of things, and yeah, it's, a lot of running. Yeah. A lot of runners there are a lot of people working out. <laughs> but it's very beautiful then, too, yes. Not sure what everybody's doing, but there are some yes. people that are working out <laughs> and running around. I want to bring in uh, our guest today. His name is Tim Maurer. Tim uh, grew up in um, uh, East St. Paul, and he's uh, led an interesting life, and music's been a big part of that. Tim, hey, appreciate you coming on, good neighbor. Well, good morning. How are you? Doing good, and you're talking to us from Cincinnati, Ohio today. I am. That was a, I remember the song uh, that Connie Smith sang, and I believe, if memory serves me correctly, and it doesn't always do that, but I think Whispering Bill Anderson wrote that song and, of course, Country Music Hall of Famers. So there you go. If you haven't heard it, Tim, and I'm guessing you haven't, it'll, when you're in Cincinnati, you might want to tune that in. I'm going to tune it in as soon as, we, uh, <laughs> as soon as we're off the call. All right. So Tim has got some, uh, Brianna's got some great stories. And the name of the show is My First Concert. So, Tim, let's do that first. Your first concert. What was it? Sure. Yeah, I'm a late bloomer. Um, I don't think I must have been in my mid-20s when I finally went to my first concert. And ironically, it was the first concert I worked. And I know a couple of weeks ago you were talking to John on the, on, on the same show, and he was talking about uh, Tom Mazzoni and Asia Security. Well, I went to work for Tom um, doing different shows. And if you know anything about, um, the concert security world, it's kind of like you, you, you just, when you, when you know there's a show coming up, they'll either get a hold of you or you get a hold of them and say, yeah, I'll work this show. And, uh, I connected with Tom, uh, through a friend of mine. And, uh, my first show was, uh, John Bon Jovi, uh, at the Met Center, uh, was like 86, 87 ish, somewhere in there. And, um, I didn't know what to expect. You know, I'm kind of a, uh, you know, I'd been bouncing in bars for a few years and uh, got connected and, and 
and uh, was asked to go do the show. I went out there not knowing what it would look like. And as it turns out, my, my assignment for the night was to walk around the parking lot of the Met Center, uh, not in any kind of a uniform shirt, just like a, a concert goer, and looking for um, bootleg T-shirt salespeople. Um, and that would be what I would have to do. I'd have to turn them in and, 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 you know, get a hold of the local police department, um, you know, the, the officers that were there and, uh, turn them in. Uh, I don't think I turned anybody in. I didn't, I don't think I knew what I was looking for, quite frankly, but that was my first show. And I did actually get to go in at some point in time and actually experience the show for myself. Um, you know, in that, in that capacity, but yeah, that was my first concert, uh, ever, and then ironically, you know, I went to, I went, you know, I, I did a few different things in my career. And one of them was I, I ran the Minneapolis Lifetime Athletic Club, as you know, because that's where you and I met back in 2008. Yeah, I was pumping 20, 30 pounds at a, at, on deadlifts, I think, at the time. Uh, yeah, okay. I don't think it was that much, but um, <laughs> we'll, we'll go with that. I mean, if that makes you feel better. But, yeah, it does. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think you were in the middle of a yoga class when we met, but um, I'm not sure. Yeah, Those, probably was. Yeah, and just for the record, yoga pants don't look good on you, Dave. But nonetheless, that hurt. Uh, <laughs> so we met there, and um, it was funny because that was my first week that I was there. As you know, it's in the Grand Hotel, right next to where you were for thirty over thirty years. And um, uh, my first week, Bruce Springsteen stayed Sunday night. Then we had uh, Bon Jovi and. Uh, Monday, Tuesday night, and Avril Lavigne on uh, Wednesday. So um, that Monday morning, I got I was on the fitness floor walking around talking to people, and I ran into a guy named Glenn, and he just so happened to be uh, uh, Bon Jovi's chiropractor slash trainer. And we started talking, and the two of us just got to know each other pretty well. And I didn't know who he was at the time, but the next day I went up on the fitness floor again, and there's Glenn, and I waved to him, and I said hello. And he, and he waved for me to come over. I said, I went, walked over to him. I said, what's up? He goes, I want you to meet John. I said, what? And he goes, I want you to meet John. I go, well, no, that's okay. He's working out. Let him go. And he goes, no, we're just wrapping up. So long story short, he, he gets the two of us together. We make introductions. And then um, I said, John, I'm just going to share with you real quick. Um, I worked your Slippery When Wet concert um, way back in the, in the late 80s um, when you were in town. And he goes, gosh, he goes, it's so funny you say that because the band and I were talking last night, they were playing at the XL. And he said, it's so funny you say that because the band and I were talking before the show last night, trying to remember what that arena was. And I said, that was the Met Center. And he goes, oh, gosh, he goes, I can't wait to tell the band I'm going to win the bet uh, because <laughs> we're trying to figure out where it was. It was all, it was all those multicolored seats. And sure. I said, yeah, that's the Met Center. So it was just kind of funny that. After all those years, I ran into him and had a chance to talk to him. We talked for about 10, 15 minutes and just, you know, chopped it up a little bit and had fun. You know, uh, I don't know him, but I was working out at that lifetime uh, one day, and I don't remember exactly. Uh, I didn't know at the time he was in town. They were doing two shows, Tim. And um, so, as you know, I'd go over there and work out after, uh, about 9, 9.30 in the morning when really mm -hmm. hardly anyone was in there, at least in that area where the machines are and the, and the weights are and all that good stuff. So it's just me. For the most part, there might have been somebody else in there. And who comes up to work out? Uh, and, you know, I had a cap on, and, and the band was there. Two or three of the guys were there. And he sits in front of me and grabs a newspaper. And he's on the rowing machine. And I'm looking. I said, there's – and I'm – anyway, it was John Bon Jovi. And so uh, 
then I went over and, and was working on one of the machines. Uh, you know, again, as Tim said, I I may embellished, I may have been a ten or fifteen pounds actually on the weights, but <laughs> but it, for me it was a lot. Anyways, <laughs> as I got done, I'm uh, I, I I'm just you know sweating pretty good because I'm completely out of shape. And I look up and then I start talking with John Bon Jovi and I think it was Richie Sambora and just uh, a light chit chat, very nice. They were very cordial uh, and um, they were down at the club and it was just us. There were four of us, three of the band and, and myself, but I had no climb. You know, it's out of context. That can't be John Bon Jovi. No, that wouldn't make sense. And then it is. And then I find out from you and from uh, Schultz, our good friend who was the athletic director there for years, and uh, I'm told John Bon Jovi is a heck of a great guy. Yeah, he was very cordial, very nice, very unassuming. It was just kind of interesting. And I don't, you know, I don't get too excited about celebrity, but, um, you know, it was just impressive to see him take that kind of time and uh, fun to talk and talk with him. You know, there's one other quick story about the Mac. Well, several with the Mac. Rod Stewart was walking around one day. That was kind of cool. Uh, just happened to walk by him. And as you know, Schultze uh, had dinner with him and didn't know it was Rod Stewart. Yeah, so, no, tell, got to tell Bree quickly. Please that tell me story. that story. And, <laughs> and, 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 <laughs> awesome. How do say, you not know it's Rod Stewart? We're just going to say Schultze here. By the way, Tim, when I got done, when I, when I saw – uh, bon Jovi and those guys standing by me in the machine. I took that little uh, that little metal piece and took it from ten pounds and put it down to the max at about two sixty. Absolutely, so I, yeah, this is what I was bumping. Any, so yeah, so the, the, Bree, you got to hear the story. This is uh, Schultze, uh, who's one of the nicest people in the world, along with Bon Jovi, and tell him about dinner with Rod Stewart, Tim. Yeah, he and his wife Gigi. Uh, yeah, they were at Mancini's, which is uh, a great place. In I'm St. not sure exactly how Rod ended Paul. up at their table, but you know, probably Johnny or Pat or some. I don't know how it all came about, but they literally sat for well over an hour and a half, having dinner and talking amongst the three of them. And uh, when dinner's over, you know, Rod gets up and leaves, and Paul and Gigi are going to the car, and Paul leans over to Gigi and says, "Who was that?" And she says, that was Rod Stewart. He goes, gosh, I thought he looked familiar. I think so. <laughs> yeah, it was, but you got to know Schulze. It's just, uh, it's perfect for him. It's exactly what happened. And there's, there's really one other quick time, real quick, but um, I was in my office at the Mac and I'm pecking away, you know, one finger on each, each key on the computer. And I feel this presence behind me in the doorway. And I turn around and, I look up and it's Josh Groban. And I said, Hey, uh, how are you, Mr. Groban? And he says, uh, well, I'm good. He goes, I'm wondering, is, is, is there a chance we could play racquetball? And he had his security guy with him or whoever it was as a bigger dude. And, and, um, I said, well, yeah, hang on a second. So I pick up my phone and I call up to Schultz and he's up on the next floor. And I said, Hey, Paulie, I said, can you come down to my office for a second? And he comes walking down, you know, a couple minutes later and he walks past Josh Groban and then he looks back he looks at me and he goes, Josh Groban? I said, yeah, yeah, Josh wants to know if he can play some racquetball. And, uh, you know, I asked Josh, uh, previous to Paul coming down, if he had played much, and he hadn't. So I said, hey, Paulie, and Paulie, as you know, is an 11-time national champion handball player and an extremely good racquetball player. And mm -hmm. obviously I've watched you and him play 
many times, and those are epic battles uh, <laughs> that usually include language that I won't repeat <laughs> on the air, but uh, mainly coming from you, Dave. Yeah, but, I know. Um, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he took uh, Josh and his security guy and took him out on the court and gave them some lessons and played some racquetball with him. It was really a lot of fun to watch. You know, it was interesting, Tim, when I was driving through Memphis this winter, and Bree, I went to stop the Graceland where I'd never been, and, and Elvis had a racquetball court in his house. That's kind beautiful, of surprising. Beautiful That's racquetball different. court. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, you never expect it. Well, I know I wasn't, but that was uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was really cool down in the basement. And before we got yeah. to the jungle room, I think we got to see that. Hey, uh, Tim, the um, Bon Jovi concert—you get a chance to meet him, and then years later, you get to meet him as well. But Locally here, you had a chance. <laughs> I mean, you've got a great Prince story. So in just a second, I'm going to ask you to share that if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, I'd love to. Sure. I want to say thank you to propane. Uh, and the reason is, is reducing carbon emissions is good for all of us. I think we're all well aware of that. I guess the question is, how in the heck do we reduce emissions while also meeting our world's increasing energy needs? And here's the thing about using propane. It's an excellent, outstanding way to reduce emissions, and yet still meet the energy needs of today. So here's the deal about propane. It's clean. It's non-toxic. It's an energy source that helps reduce carbon emissions right now. In fact, propane's, this is fascinating, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity in Minnesota, including wind and solar, right, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. So you probably didn't know that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity. Wow. Plus the abundance of propane and the growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations yet to come. So millions of us rely on propane to heat homes, businesses, make sure our vehicles are fueled up on road and off, and much more. So it makes propane really the right energy right now as we speak. What I would do is find out more about what propane can do for you because you probably didn't know a lot of this and there's much more to know, learn as well. But not only what it can do for you and me, but for our environment. Go to propane.com. Tim, there's a lot of stories, especially when you work security, but let's, can you tell us the Prince story? Yeah, that uh, that's a good one. That's, um, I was working at the Met Center again. This is again, late 80s. And Michael Jackson was in town. I think he played three nights in a row. Um, but the one night I was working, I was in front of this, I was, you know, it was pre-show and I was in front of the stage and, and just kind of, you know, helping people find seats and making sure that everything was cool. And um, I get a call over the radio and, and a couple of us were called to the back uh, uh, where the where you drive down into the to the Met Center, whether you're coming in with a truck or with limos or whatever. And so I run back there and Tom's back there and he grabs a couple of us together. He goes, okay, here's the deal. Uh, in that limo over there that just pulled in is Prince. And Prince wants to watch the show, but he wants to watch the show from the soundboard. So what's going to happen is... <laughs> It, I, it, it's just going to sound funny, but, you know, back in the, you know, I don't know if they still do this, but they had these big like wooden boxes on wheels where they put all the cables and all that kind of stuff that they'd run for sound. And they had emptied this out because they had hooked all the, all the sound up. Well, so you've got this empty big box on wheels and Prince is going to jump in the box. Um, he's going to get out of the limo, jump in the box. We're going to close the lid. When the lights go down, you guys are going to push the box out to the soundboard 
and then he'll he'll pop out of the box. I mean, like <laughs> instead of Jack in the box, it was Prince in the box. And we did that. The lights go down. We run them out there, and then boom, the pop tops you know, pops open. We lift it up, and he jumps out and goes over, sits on the soundboard, and he's sitting there in a chair all by himself with these, you know, with the mirrored aviator glass aviator glasses on that he used to always wear, and he just sitting there like nobody's going to notice, right? Well, the lights, you know, the, the the stage lights up and, you know, all this light is now shining out on the on the audience. And of course, he's there. And now everybody's attention is looking, everybody near there is looking at Prince <laughs> and snapping pictures. <laughs> They're taking pictures. And it was funny because I thought about this the other day when people started taking pictures back in the day, back in that time, if we saw people taking pictures, uh, you couldn't do that. It was, it was illegal to do that. And so we'd literally take people's cameras or um, I'm not sure if we should have, but we did. And, 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 you know, we'd tear film out of, you know, this is back when you had the roll film. Uh, we'd tear the film out because they weren't supposed to be taking pictures of people while they were, while they were performing. So one of Prince's security guys grabs a camera from somebody and, the person comes to me and says, hey, that guy just took my camera. And I went over to the guy and I said, listen, you got to give the guy's camera back. And the reason being is Prince wasn't performing. So Prince was in the audience just like you or I were. And they could take pictures of us if they wanted to. You just can't take a picture of Michael while he's performing. So I got into it with the security guy from Prince's camp. And I said, listen, either give him back the camera or I'm going to throw you out. So what, what do you want to do? So he ended up giving the guy the camera back, but it was so funny just to, you know, and so surreal to be like oh, pushing yeah. Prince out onto the floor in a, in a wooden box. It just, it was, uh, it was something else. Yeah. Oh, God, the unknown stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the crowd, would, you know, I mean, he was, especially in Minnesota, I mean, he was, well, he was big everywhere, but here in the oh. state, he was just. The guy. Well, I don't think Schultz would recognize him. <laughs> Schultz wouldn't have known Prince, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He'd have been uh, Prince's best friend, I could tell you that, because he was, that's oh, the kind he of guy. Everybody yeah. loved the guy. And I think, I think there's a, got to be a genuine affection, I think, for a lot of stars when they meet someone that really isn't caught up in, in their celebrity and just treats them like a person. It sounds like people have right. more uh, authentic interactions with them, even kind of like the Jack White story that you told on a, a different podcast that we oh, yeah. either have released or haven't released, but uh, stay tuned for that. Yeah, yeah, meeting Jack White. Uh, that, was, that was accidentally, that was very cool, and he was very nice. Anyway, yeah. we'll tell you about that on a, on a later story. So, uh, yeah, because a Michael Jackson concert, Tim, I mean, you know, there are certain events, the concerts are always fun, but there are certain concerts that are just uh, a moment in time, as we've talked about on this show. And Michael Jackson, for three nights, had to be over the top. I mean, that, I can't oh. even imagine the town had to be buzzing and going nuts. Yeah, it was. And it was, you know, really at the peak, I think it was his bad tour, if I remember right. And, um, you know, you think of all the hits and I, I looked at the sound list or the song list for that concert, ironically, last night when I was looking at um, Google and and I looked at the sound list from that tour and I was going down that list. And I'm thinking, good Lord, the, the songs that, you know, they're endless. Uh, that he had, but, you know, working those concerts and being in front of the stage and watching the reaction of, of everybody in the crowd. And then, you know, we've all seen the videos of, of Michael when he performs people passing out and, you know, you're handing people over, uh, you know, we literally, people would, 
come to the front of the stage and then they'd pass out and people would pick them up and like literally hand them over to us. And then we'd bring them behind the stage or behind the, the front, you know, protective boarding, I guess. And, you know, the paramedics would be back there working on people to make sure they're okay and that type of thing. And, you know, I think that, you know, that was always the case with Michael, but I think my favorite venue to ever work was Riverfest in St. Paul. You know, I, I, I think you probably remember those days back in, um, on Harriet Island. Yeah, I sure do. Yep. Fun stuff. Oh, it was crazy. You know, it would get so hot because they typically do the Riverfest in August and it would be extremely hot. And I can't tell you, I worked at Whitney, Whitney Houston concert one time. And uh, first of all, I was in love with Whitney. I thought she was absolutely stunning. Yeah, who and, wasn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, good Lord. And I was working her concert and I was behind the sta- I was behind that front protection board and people were pressing up against there. Oh, boy. And at one point in time, I'm watching the crowd and uh, they're all looking like right over my head. And I'm thinking, what are they looking at? And I turn around and there's Whitney, like her feet are right at the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> and I turn and I look up and with just her index finger, she bends down and looks at me and just gives me a little like wave with her index oh boy. finger. Oh boy. And I, I think the paramedics had to revive me <laughs> at that point. <laughs> she was incredibly gorgeous and sweating to beat heck because it was the middle of August. But uh, that was a treat. I mean, Riverfest was always so much fun. And I always worked at it. It was like a 10-day event. And, you know, Ron Maddox is driving around in his golf cart. And, mm-hmm, Ron, you know, yeah. You know, Azoni's, you know, riding shotgun with him. And, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Well, and, uh, uh, Brianne, you're familiar with Kenny Loggins. I love Kenny Loggins. Voice of an angel. Come on. Yeah. And yeah. so, Tim, you got to tell Brianne about your Kenny Loggins uh, story. Yeah, that was uh, that was at Riverfest as well, and that was again late '80s. And uh, again, it was it was I, I, it wasn't as warm that day. I remember that it wasn't as warm. But I was assigned to his trailer, so I was backstage, and I'm just standing by his trailer, making sure that nobody's messing with it, nobody's going in and out that shouldn't, and everybody should have their lanyards on that type of thing. And I'm standing there, and Kenny had gone out. By the time I got to his trailer, he had already gone out to do his sound check. And uh, so he's out there and I could hear him doing the, going, going through that process. And then after a while, he was done and he walked back and, I, I, you know, somebody told me he was on his way over on the radio. So I said, OK, I've got him. So he's coming over and he gets to his trailer. and I'm just standing by the door, making sure that uh, we're good. And he starts walking up the steps and he looks over and he goes, hey, how are you? And I said, hey, good, good. How are you? And he said, um, what's your name? I said, my name is Tim. And I, he goes, are you from here? And I said, yeah, I grew up on the east side of St. Paul. And he turns back and, and he walks down one step and then he sits down on the steps. And he says, tell me about St. Paul. So I just start t- walking through, you know, the dynamic of St. Paul. And I think we all know that, you know, especially back in those days, St. Paul was such a small, bigger, big town with a small town feel and everybody knew everybody. And it was just blue collar. And, and it was just a, a really, it was just a really cool town. And I was back a couple of weeks ago and it still feels like it a little bit different, but it still feels really good. And um, so I tell him all about it. He gets up after about five, six minutes and he goes inside and, um, think nothing of it. Uh, a little while later, somebody comes and knocks on his door and says, Kenny, the, the, the food is ready. So the catering company had gotten the food set up. And after a few minutes, he comes walking out and he goes, hey, Timmy, I don't know why he called me Timmy, but he did. He says, hey, Timmy, he goes, come on over, have lunch with us. 
I said, uh, I don't think that's a really good idea. Um, <laughs> I was supposed to be working your trailer and making sure everything's doing. He says, look around. He goes, we're good. He goes, come on over. He goes, I really want you to come over and have lunch with us. I'm, and I'm Kenny like, Loggins. You can eat with me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to have lunch. So and I was kind of hungry. So it kind of was good timing. And we, I walk over and they've got these, you know, tents set up where you could get out of the sun. And they had, they, they, you know, had chicken and corn on the cob. So I sit down and I'm sitting next to Kenny and we're just kind of chatting it up. And, and, uh, I've got this corn cob and I'm working on the corn cob and I, I probably had corn all over my face. And here comes Azoni, right? Tom Azoni, the owner of Asia. And he comes walking my way. And I'm like, Oh, this isn't going to be good. <laughs> I'm supposed to be working. Sure you're saying you're thinking I'm supposed to be working and I'm having a, I'm eating corn. Yeah, well, right I was now. working. I was working really hard on that corn. And, <laughs> and, um, and I see Tom walk up and Kenny just kind of gave me a little nudge with, with his elbow and said, it's okay. And Tom leans over in my ear, like only Tom can do. And he, and he whispers, he says, what in the heck are you? No, he didn't say heck, but he said, what in the heck are you doing? And I look up, I said, I'm just trying to eat this corn. <laughs> he said, I know that. He goes, but you're supposed to be over on his trailer. I said, I know, but, you know, and Kenny, then Kenny interrupted and he said, um, hey, listen, it's okay. I asked him to come over. He didn't want to. I, I, I. I, I didn't really give him a choice. I said, come on over and have lunch with us. So Tom looks at me, he goes, we'll talk about this later. And I said, <laughs> okay. And we just went back to eating lunch. And, and and he was such a nice guy. He was really, and I was a fan. I was a fan of Kenny Loggins. I thought, you know, you think of the music um, that he's put out over the years. And, you know, one of my favorites is like Danny's song. Um, I could go down the list. And I was listening to a podcast this weekend with Rob Lowe that had Kenny Loggins on there. And it was just fun to hear his voice again and just hear him talk about some of his stories but yeah that was that was really a unique experience i it, it was just kind of like hanging out with a friend eating lunch do you think working security was a good way to i mean to get to get to the concerts it seems like you you know a lot of us attend those and never would never get close to meeting or seeing a michael jackson or have whitney houston acknowledge us or have kenny loggins want to have lunch with us would you do it again yeah, I would definitely. I mean, not, not at this point in my life, probably. Oh, but not. if you were I mean, eighteen, would you? Yeah. Do it again? Oh gosh, yeah. If I was, if I was a young person, um, you know, and I, I had, you know, the opportunity to do it, I would definitely do it. I, and it's not because, you know, I never, like I said, I really never got that excited about celebrity. You know, unless your name's Jesus, I'm not going to get too excited. <laughs> and and uh, you know, I just, um, I thought it was. It was fun. I enjoyed it. I won't, I won't lie to you. I was, you know, in my, you know, mid twenties and single and, you know, uh, there was a lot of nice looking girls going to the concerts and that was nice too. And I mean, it was just, it was just a good time to be uh, in that business, but yeah, you got to, you know, interact with a lot of different people and do a lot of cool stuff. The um, concert scene's always been interesting, but I think uh, Tim, there would have been, I can't have, I can't even imagine how many guys would be jealous knowing that Whitney Houston recognized you at the height of her popularity. And there you stand. And, and frankly, you would have lost pretty much all your close friends if they'd known that. Cause then all of a sudden, he get to, how come he gets to meet or see Whitney Houston up close, but yeah, pretty cool. That's a, it's a great way to get into it. Now um, we've talked to a couple people on this show that have had work concerts and the stories are just uh, from our buddy, John Marr, who we talked about going to the Springsteen, uh, yeah. uh, the day before and seeing all those, uh, uh, being part of all the practice runs with 
Courtney Cox and the Dancing in the Dark video before they actually filmed it the next night at the St. Paul Civic. Well, Tim, it's been great having you on. Uh, am, I, am, am I missing anything? I have a question for you. I know you're doing these shows, but what's your first concert? What's your, what's your uh-huh. greatest memory? Well, my first concert, believe it or not, Bree, have we talked about this? I'm not sure if I have. Hit me with it, and I'll well, jog so my memory. My, uh, I'm working at the, the bean plant in the little town that I grew up with, and uh, I'm, you know, I don't know what time we, you know, I get there in, in a in the rural country. You go to work pretty early, and you work pretty hard. And my buddy picked me up about five o'clock. Uh, they, I think, and we drove ninety miles to see ZZ Top. Oh boy, and that the, sounds familiar. And yes. the opening act was um, Savoy Brown with their big hit Wang Dang Doodle, which is actually, <laughs> which is actually no blues song, frankly. Uh, so. Uh, and I didn't know that when I first heard it, and I heard the, you know, and I heard that song, and so since that time, of course, it, it's it's a great tune. But anyway, that that's who I saw first, and it's the first time I ever smelled marijuana. I I could uh, I'm sitting with my buddy saying, hey, what what is that? It's like you know, it's a, that's not like you know we're out in the field picking mustard. Sometimes it smells all smells a little bit like mustard seed, <laughs> you know. And you I, don't forget. Yeah, and we don't. We have you know, naive, don't get it. And now you're in a Metallica and a Limp Bizkit. Deftones t-shirt. Yeah, so today I've got <laughs> I've got this t-shirt on. I got to take my uh, coat off here, Brian. You got I'm going to turn around. You got to read the back of it. I can't remember the name of the tour. It's a tour t-shirt. Yeah, but I was there. Um, does it say The Summer Sanitarium 2003 tour? And read the list of bands. Inmate roster reads Metallica, Limp Bizkit, Linkin Park, Deftones, and Mudvayne. Yeah, so I was there at that concert. Where was it? It was at uh, uh, Metrodome. Oh, okay. And uh, I don't even was to say the year in the back. Yeah, 2003, and you would have been there July 27th. All right, there we go. <laughs> I was there. That, I, I remember, you know, half the fun of those, of those or half the antics was what happened between sets. So you got five bands going and heavy metal bands. That was the height of that new metal kind of yes. theatrical kind of it was stage arena kind of deal. And we were just getting the big screens on the side of the stage and that sort of thing. And then, uh, it, but the stuff between the sets was memorable. Well, I mean, it's memorable. Bill, Bill does a sanitarium tour, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. What do you expect? It's in the title. You've got such a range for music, Dave. I mean, you know, you're, you know, you're a metalhead on one hand, and on the other hand, you're an Elvis fan. On the other hand, you're, you know, you're a Tony Bennett fan. It's just kind of fun to, to, to watch you and your, um, your musical taste it's certainly wide ranging but I, I always laugh when you talk about metallica and acdc and you know skinnerd and all those guys and um i know they're that you know your your range is incredible when you talk about uh, red rock i saw chris tomlin and red rock Ooh. back in, in like 2015 i gotta tell you that was like that was like um Gosh, it's so hard to even explain it. But yep. the sun was setting, um, you know, off to the west, and you're up there in the, st- in, you know, in the stands. And I think I was in like row twenty, and he just put on an incredible party, you know, Absolutely. just a praise party. Yeah, for sure. And it, what a great place to see a show like that. And it's just, it's, it feels different out there, kind of. So I, I, you know, I get it. It's, it's kind of a hall, and you know, maybe it's not for everybody, but I definitely recommend going to see one of your favorite artists or bands there. It's, it's a really cool experience. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I someday I'll do that. And and then uh, I don't think I told you about the time that I met Skid Row. Speaking of heavy metal, did I tell you? You did that? At, at Matt's bar, Matt's right? Matt's bar. Yes. Good memory, Brian. <laughs> it's a good story, though. Yeah, but I didn't know who they were. He pulled a Schultzy and yeah, didn't know who they were. <laughs> right, yeah, so, so, but had a nice time with them. You had a Schultzy moment, Dave. 
Well, I remember my my date that day. Uh, my uh, wife said to me, "Oh, <laughs> big Skid Row fan." He didn't know who they were. She, <laughs> she won't I, let well, you I forget. Said I didn't expect to see him at a burger joint in South Minneapolis. Like right. we said, it's hard to place people sometimes when it's out of context yeah. of where you would see them, and your brain has to catch up for a minute. Hey, Tim, you got work to do. I'll let you go. I sure appreciate you joining us awesome. here on the podcast today. Some awesome stories. And uh, I know there's more. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, those with us as well. And hopefully Kenny uh, Loggins reaches out and says hi to you again. It'll be fun for you and Bon Jovi and Kenny and to hook up again. Well, I changed my number because he kept calling me. So I said <laughs> I had to change my number. But no, it's, it's been good talking to you, Dave. Obviously, you and I uh, go back a long way and uh, I appreciate it. And Brian, really good talking to you as well. Thank you. He is Tim Maurer here on My First Concert. Working security, Brianne, gives you a whole different perspective of concerts. I would imagine. Because you've got responsibility, but yet you get a little closer to the acts. Uh, and I thought Tim would be have be fun to have on the show here today. Uh, a kid that grew up in East St. Paul and now lives in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. But today we got him uh, via the phone out in uh, Cincinnati, Ohio. Hey, we appreciate you joining us here on the uh, Talk North Network, the podcast network. And again, uh, you can subscribe to this by going to Apple or Spotify or wherever it is you get your podcast. Our thanks to Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone, bringing us another podcast here on the series called My First Concert with Brianne and Dave. We'll see you next time. Welcome back to My First Concert, a show where we talk, start talking about first concerts, and it usually evolves into different things. Dave Lee here with uh, Brianne. Brianne, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Pretty good. Brianne's just freshly off a trip out to Red Rocks, where you saw Lord Huron. Yes, that was that was a little bit ago, and uh, it was really a wonderful experience. I love seeing bands at Red Rocks, so I always recommend it. And uh, yeah, it just feels kind of different out there. And we've talked about this before, but the kind of media aspect of adding screens and stuff, it keeps getting better. I feel kind of like a, a kind of like the Jetsons are kind of arriving or something. But I mean, it was so crystal clear. And they, I think they've added that feature that wasn't there the last time, I think. And so it was really nice to, you know, take in the full scope of the set and all that. But then you get to really get a close up kind of uh, view of it very clear. So it's great. Me, George Jetson. I think we can <laughs> yes. all probably sing that. <laughs> um, Talk North uh, Podcast Network is where we're at. And of course, you can download this on Spotify or Apple, wherever you get your podcasts and you can subscribe every show is different every show is fun and uh interesting and fascinating and we always have great guests and one of those is with us today thanks to the folks at propane the environmentally friendly energy for everyone who make this show possible and i have a lot more to say about them as well which i think you'll find fascinating my good longtime friend amy mousey joins us Amy, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Dave. Thrilled to be here. Well, I don't know of anybody more connected to some of the rock and roll bands through the years than you, and because of the position that you had. Now, I want to talk about that in a minute, because just, we're just going through your album, and it's White Snake, it's Bon Jovi, it's Motley Crue, it's Eddie Van Halen. There's a picture of you and Eddie in there. Uh, so Amy got to know all these people uh, pretty well, up close and personal, uh, not just once in a while. In some cases, you're working concerts four times a week, and you and you were always uh, taking fans backstage. But Amy, your first concert. My first concert, um, 1976. I was 11, and we went to see Sean Cassidy. 
at oh, the Met Center. Oh, you must have gone nuts. Yes. This was Hardy Boys time, so <laughs> it was a big, big deal. And we grew up um, as Partridge Family fans, too. You know, I was five and six, and I loved David. Well, I saw a picture of you and David Cassidy. God bless. R.I.P., David. You know, uh, great guy. But Sean was it. He was the guy. I believe it was sold out. And my mother, who worked at Dayton's at the time, got us tickets through the, through the old uh, ticket office at Dayton's. Remember, you'd camp out at Dayton's for yep. your concert tickets? So we got all the tickets. So we had like sixth row center tickets for Sean Cassidy. Oh, my. I'll never forget it. It was, And we have pictures. I can't find them, but I do have them. And um, it was amazing. It was, I was, because I was 11, I wasn't in that teenager like screaming for Sean but I was just blown away like oh my gosh this guy did your mom go with you or did you go did she drop you off no she came in her and her girlfriend who worked they worked at the Dayton's Revlon counter oh well I'm aging them and then she brought um, me and my sister and then her girlfriend's daughter and my mom was kind of hot at the time um if I was 11 she was you know mid-30s and so they're up there you know watching Sean and the opening band was called Virgin who are they? And they were throwing guitar picks at my mother. <laughs> I know. My mom, you know. Throwing, she probably loved it. I think she did. Were you picking up on it? Well, yeah, like, why are they throwing stuff at mom? <laughs> you know, I don't really, a little young. Now I realize what was happening. I'm sure, you know, um, I think she got a kick out of it. So pretty funny. Mom was hot. You know what most guys would do in that case? Oh, gross. Wow, gross. It's just a whole different, a whole different vibe. <laughs> so that, but so what a great memory for a concert yeah. and what a, what a hot ticket to be able to get. Mm -hmm. uh, so I want to ask you about your, your job because your job, I think there's a lot of people that would like to do what you did. <clears throat> and I don't know if you'd like to do it all over again at that age, but tell us what you did, Amy. Well, I started, um, I was in college over at the University of Minnesota, and they always encourage you to get an internship in the area that you liked. like. Sure. I love radio. I love music. Didn't really take it too seriously, so I called up KQRS, my favorite station. They're like, yeah, actually, we need people to come in and answer the request lines. KQRS, and then you would write down the song. So, sure. So, I started off two days a week and uh, working for Mark Seeger. For those of you that remember, he was he predates he predates Bernard. Yeah. No relation to Bob Seeger. No, no relation. So, uh, I was there just a few months. Um, I would take the bus to Golden Valley at their old offices. And they came in, they said, uh, Billy Idol's coming in concert tonight. He's playing at the old Minneapolis Convention Center, or I think that's what it was called. Not the Armory, but the old Convention Center. I said, sure. Um, can you take some contest winners and actually go get some station IDs? Hey, this is Billy Idol. You're listening to. Sure. Okay, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so, um, and that was the first. And so we went, Billy was great. I sat with his mother. And that with his mom. That with his mom. She came to his shows. To, she was on tour with him. Wow. And uh, we watched the show. It was fantastic. The cult opened for them. Was anybody throwing guitar picks at her? No, no. He wasn't. <laughs> God bless Billy's mom. But um, and that was the start. Once they realized, okay, this girl will do it because nobody, you know, like Dockin at the caboose. Oh, like, who, who wants to go to Dockin? Like Amy. I'm like, sure, okay, I'll at go. At the caboose. Yeah. Holy smokes. This is before. That had to be loud. Well. Yeah, it was loud. Um, <laughs> a lot of bikers. But then, and that's what started it. Then it was like, okay, Amy, you go. You know, you take these winners. Nobody either didn't care or was not into the, 
heavy metal time because this yeah. was the. But you're blessed with personality, so I'm, I'm sure they love the fact that you were very good with your with the people. Well, well, thank you. And you had to go and be you. I was there representing the radio station. Plus, you know, you yeah. were hot like your mom. So let's let's just be honest up front here. I um, unless that's offensive, and I take it back. No, 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 no. But I we would joke that um, I would have my GAC khakis on, my GAP khakis, <laughs> my. My KQRS shirt sure. and my, my, my little kids, and then my contest winners were 1980s girls. The hair, the dresses, <laughs> and so on. Here's me yeah. and the Asia security guys. Um, they all knew who I was. Like, oh, here comes Amy. She's cool. Come on. Come on back. Come on. Bring your winners. And off we'd go. And we'd sit there after concerts. Um, Rat, White Snake, um, trying to go through all the bands. If it was 1980s, we were back there. And our, I would bring them back. Uh, we would sit there and wait. The bands would come in, sometimes selectively choose a girl or two they wanted to get to know better, <laughs> and yeah. they, they would leave the room. And so, so I that really did happen, huh? It happened. So I would usually talk to the record rep at the time and you know talk about what was going on. And KQ always went first because we were the big station in town. And um, and then when everybody was done, done in quotations, we would we would leave and we would go back out to the parking lot and. Some of those contest winners may have went back, may have went for a, an encore performance. You're not judging? No. You, you just... No, no, go have fun. And so uh, it was great. You know, um, one of my favorite stories was uh, John Lastman, Johnny Rock, would do a live radio broadcast down at Solid Gold at the time. Now it's um, it's downtown Minneapolis. I can't remember. It's, it's, a, it's a different name. And we would bring... I know it. I'm just not going to say it so you... The dancers. The dancers would come with us. And so really? To the concert? Go to the concert. And wow. we had front row for Iron Maiden. So, oh, boy. You know, again, so there I am in my khakis, my T-shirt, my, my little white tennis shoes. And here comes Iron Maiden. And um, literally, I think it took 15 seconds. And the manager came up to me with 15 backstage passes. He's like, stick them on the girls. We're going back. And Oh, boy. Uh, and, you know, I was the safe one. So they always came to me and say, like, let's, I want them backstage. Yeah, they and knew so, you though. And I would go and um, just chat with road crew members until everybody was done getting their autographs and hugs and um, whatever. <laughs> whatever. And we'd go. So I just learned to kind of, um, you know, overlook actually what I was seeing it happening. Help me in my radio <laughs> career, Dave. Help me in my <laughs> overlook yeah, I, what yeah. I was seeing a lot of the time. But, um, you know, and then shows got bigger and I was going to the bigger shows and or the bands would come to the radio station. But uh, it was great. Um, you know, some were very nice and kind. And, you know, the top two were um, Motley Crue and Metallica. Really? Nicest bands, really took time for their fans, had conversations with you, um, inquired about uh, your jewelry I had some, oh, I love those earrings. So they asked about you. Yeah. That's rare. Really? Yeah. Just outgoing uh, Metallica. Fantastic. I mean. So you met Hetfield and Lars and all the, all the guys. I mean, huh? and some of these, Metallica was more guys. I mean, that was a guy's band. And so backstage. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. The macho band. Yeah. And I mean, guys well, look were. Oh, t-shirt. There you go. <laughs> you know, um, just in kind of, not nerdy, but like starstruck guys. Like, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It's Metallica. <laughs> I'm like, I know. And Lars, would he'd get down, he'd be like, hey, your shirt is great. What tour was that from? And he would really put him at ease. I'm like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. You are, you, you, you do it all, you know. Um, mm -hmm. They get it. 
They get it 100%. Um, I brought some backstage winners for uh, Rush. Okay, and that is a guy's band. And yep, so like, if, you, guy, yep. if you go to a Rush concert, the first 10 rows are guys playing. <laughs> yeah, air guitars. Air guitar, yeah. just <laughs> sitting there playing. I'm like, oh. So we go yeah, backstage. Yeah, we are. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and we go backstage. Our buddy Jay would be back there, probably one of those guys. 100%. And my winner burst into tears. I'm like, oh, no. Because these are hardcore Rush fans and <laughs> the dedication and sobbing. I'm like, sobbing oh. as they meet through. Getty like, Lee. Oh, I wonder how does Getty Lee handle something oh, like that? He was I don't know. Cool. I mean, yeah. Canadian. He was cool about it, but it was <laughs> awkward. I was like, oh, don't cry. Yeah, and they're thinking, why are the guys here to see us? Yeah. Like, where are the women? <laughs> I know. So. It's been, um, it was a lot of fun. Oh, man. All the people you've met as well. Brianne, pop in here at any point uh, on, with anything uh, for Amy. So, well, I do know what you're talking about with the kind of the uniform mm -hmm. with the station t shirt yes. and yes. then the, the sensible kind of bottoms and then even more sensible shoes, you know? And it's like, yeah, because we have a job to do. Correct. It's like, it's super cool. We do it for the access. I speak from experience of having worked in radio before, too. So that's just where I'm coming from with that. But, it, whether it was the state fair or concerts or this or that, it's like, I have a job to do it, right. whether it's people or things mm -hmm. or, you know, now social media and things like that. But exactly. It's, I really identified with that as the, the uniform yeah. of like, I'm here to do a job <laughs> and you can know that I'm here to do a job. Exactly. So. You had to get them back. You had to be, I mean, I, I, I didn't even drink during these concerts. Right. I mean, you just, you had to be the one who was responsible. And so, um, I always told them, I'm going to get you backstage. I'm going to get you backstage. And, you know, sometimes at the Met Center, you'd leave a concert. There was still 5,000 people in the parking lot having a post party. You oh, know? the big old parking lot there. Yeah. Big. Um, wasn't that great? Those were some great days. I said, if you guys want to go back out there and party or go find the tour buses or the hotel, remember the old registry hotel? Yes, I sure do. That's where all the bands stayed. And so a lot of people would go back to the hotel bars. That's where you'd find the bands. And wasn't the story the Beatles stayed at the Lemington back when they were here in 65 or something? Yeah, that that's night? what I heard. Yeah, yeah, which is now a parking ramp. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you could, as long as I got them up that ramp from Met Center, you know, go. You're on your own. Well, you talked about getting backstage. The other thing that would be a little nerve-wracking is on occasion, and I wasn't rock and roll radio, but occasionally you get to, to do intro a, a show somewhere. So, and, and all you're going to say is, ladies and gentlemen, boys to men, right? <laughs> right. Which I did. Exactly. And, but you're, for like a, a day and a half, you're just all shook up. Well, yeah. I don't, don't want to screw it up. That's all you're saying. Mm -hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, boys to men. Because nothing worse than the person that comes out there to enter the band and, and kind of starts talking about themselves or, you know, making it. Okay, we, no one really, I don't think, is here to listen to the open. No. So, but how can you screw up, ladies and gentlemen, boys to men? But you'd think of, oh, God, I hope I don't say this. Mm -hmm. or, or I think I did it for Kenny Rogers one time, too, when he was on tour and he's red hot. What a nice guy, by the way. Oh. Met him several times. But anyway, that's the same thing. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Kenny Rogers. Oh, God, did I say that right? Come back. Did that sound okay? No. Nobody noticed you. <laughs> no, no, Nobody. No. But you're all worked up about the whole darn thing. Remember Tim Paletti at the Wild Game? He dropped oh, the, gosh, he, yeah. He, he, he said he went over in his head for 15 minutes, <laughs> dropped the puck. Whoops. <laughs> Oops. It happens. You just get worked up over that whole thing, but it's your whole world at the time. I remember time, so. we took, we had some winners um, backstage at Poison, and we said, come on out. We're going to watch Poison. Come on stage, and then we'll we'll bring it back down to your seats. And CeCe DeVille came out there, and we were at the Met Center, and he came on stage, and he's like, Milwaukee! <laughs> 
Thorn Minneapolis. God bless them. Uh, yeah. Of all places, you can't mention Wisconsin at a Minnesota show or vice versa. Yeah. And Did the crowd react? Uh, semi, but yeah. they didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, even the bands, you, know, you forget that every night they're somewhere else. So, but, but you don't cut them any slack if they say the wrong town. Yep. Hey, our uh, show today, My First Concert, being brought to you by uh, your friends at Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone. And I love talking about reducing carbon emissions. We all do. We all know it's good for all of us. The question is, how in the heck do we reduce those emissions? Well, we also have to meet uh, this planet's increasing energy needs, right? So here's where we like to talk about propane, an excellent way to reduce emissions and yet meet energy needs. Today, propane, by the way, in case you didn't know it, and I'm guessing a lot of you don't know that it is a clean, non-toxic energy source, and it reduces carbon emissions, helps to reduce those carbon emissions right now. In fact, propane's carbon intensity score in Minnesota is only 80. Grid electricity that we all know about here in Minnesota, including wind and solar, has a much higher carbon intensity score of 136. So who knew that using propane was that much cleaner than electricity? Isn't that something? Plus, the abundance of propane and the growth of renewable propane means it can be used for generations to come. So uh, I know you're curious, like I was when I first heard about propane and talked about it and didn't realize a lot of these things. Millions of Americans rely on propane to heat their homes, their businesses, fuel vehicles, whether that be on-road or you like to do a little of that off-road stuff, and much more, making propane the right energy vehicle, uh, or the right energy for right now, whether it's your vehicles or your home or business. I'd find out more about what propane can do for you and our environment by going, by going to propane.com. Amy, uh, of all, so the concerts, see, here's the thing. Now, we talk about concerts we go to, we remember something, I remember, you know, whatever it might be. But in your case, were you ever really able to watch a concert? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. A lot of these meet and greets were after. Okay. So we would go and um, watch the shows, you know, um, and enjoy them. Pretty late at night then, because oh, yeah. rock bands always had that reputation and earned that they didn't start on time. No, I think the worst was Guns N' Roses when they came on at Target Center. I think they came on like at 1230 in the morning. Yeah, it, it literally was like, well, okay, we'll be home at three. But that's, this was Use Your Illusion Tour, and it's Guns N' Roses. They took advantage. Now I hear they're great. I hear they're on Right on time. They've grown up like the rest of us. Well, yeah, a little older and get on mm -hmm. time. Everyone's good to bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And some <laughs> I assume. Of, some of those Springsteen shows, you know, um, uh, he came to town for Tunnel of Love tour, Met Center. I think he did three nights. And they called up um, good old Catherine Swedberg at Jam and Company 7. She's a local promoter. Called and said, uh, the tour is looking for some interns to come. It's 100 bucks a day in your runner's. So we went over and worked for Springsteen for three days. And, oh, and cool. he'll play for three hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you, know. get, you get your money's worth with him. Yeah. What'd, mm -hmm. you do as, what'd you do as runners then? We got there on day one. They were loading in. They gave us laundry. We took the crew, bands, laundry to a laundromat, did it, okay, brought it back. And um, then they gave us cash and sent us to Byerly's. I got 20 lobsters at Byerly's. Literally, I walked up and said, I'll take the tank. But I had my Bruce Springsteen <laughs> laminate on. You know, and I literally walked in like, you know, down the aisles. <laughs> So dumb. Very Wayne's World of me. Just <laughs> showing everybody. Like Bruce Springsteen. And, Can um, relate. It's fine. Yes. And he had his own uh, chef and stuff with him. And so we would grocery shop. And then... Um, yeah, he's in pretty good shape. I would assume he had a... Yeah. Or did he eat everything? Um, you know, I served... I brought a plate of pasta to his dressing room, you know, at the Met Center. So I literally like, bring this to Bruce's room. I'm like, sure. You know, that's great. <laughs> you know, I was freaking out. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. 
in, uh, I will do, I will say, and he, I walked into the dressing room and he was just finishing sound check and he came in and he was sharing the room with his backup singer, now his wife, but at the time he was married. Oh, Patty. I could have, I could if I had known, I could have taken a photo and, <laughs> you know, paid for my wedding with uh, <laughs> money I could have gotten for those photos. I'm like, this isn't your wife, but that's cool. And I mean, I think just a couple months later, they were broken up, but um yeah, so we, for three days, we ran around the city. Like Clarence Clemens needed oat milk. That's all he drank. So I had to go all the way to Uptown, some weird grocery store to get us <laughs> oat milk. Yeah, I mean, it was things like that that were great. But um, Bruce was fantastic. We, we got to watch his sound check and then, um, and then actually enjoy the show. Yeah, and, and you know, you're a fan. He's fantastic. So good. Yeah, and, one, and when you're working there, though, and, and you're thinking, God, if I see him, what, what am I going to say? See him or her, whoever the act is. What am I going to say? And, and it, you, know, you know, I don't say anything stupid, but I don't, you know, blah, blah. You just get all worked up over there. You do. You do. You just, hey, hi. You know, and typically I'd be like, please meet our contest winners. And, oh, how do they win? Well, they wrote a letter, you know, saying why they were a fan or, you know, caller 10. So here they are. <laughs> This is caller ten. Yeah. That's caller fourteen. Here, this yeah. is caller. You know. Exactly. Yep. Uh, the uh, so f for the many years you did that for rock and roll, and then did you ever end up doing country too? You know, not no, too much. No, we didn't. Because I, I worked for KQRS, and so we didn't. We didn't um, have a lot of country acts, obviously. And then when I moved over to WCCO for a number of years, uh, um, I think the Beach Boys. Like, okay, I mean CCO. We we had a wide variety. We had some. You know, different people that came, like Bob Saget. You know, I mean, just weird people that yeah, I brought. Yeah, a lot of entertainment type people, comedians, as opposed to musicians. Comedians that we would do uh, some Chanhassen dinner theater stuff. I mean, you know, it was a little more. It was just a different format, and so, but no country. Um, pretty much straight up rock. Were you there the day Gilbert God Godfrey walked in and he just tore the place? I mean, I I, I don't mean physically tore it up, but he had the place. He, oh. he was on. He was like on stage. While he was walking down the yeah, hallway. That's great. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I wasn't there that day. Well, so, yeah. Well, we, we had some good people in there. Oh, yeah. A lot of, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So. And I think now with COVID, I don't, you know, Jack was telling us that the band's just, it's not quite as open, obviously. They don't want to be getting sick on tour. And for good reason, they've kind of segmented things, sure. whereas it just isn't quite the same access, where right. it's kind of, there's different channels and oh, checks yeah. and balances to, yeah, you're not just yeah, hugging. I just don't this, have this, a lot this of stuff's pictures not like going to happen. No, that stuff's not going to happen. The, hey, everyone put your arms around each other. Like, no. Here's what I want you to do, Amy. I want you to, we've, we've been looking at Amy's uh, photo album, but I want you just to go through some of the pages. People obviously can't see it, but can you just say some of the names, and you're in every one of these photos. I know. So say some of the people that are in these photos, and if you're a rock and roll fan, you're going, oh, wow, you met the coolest people. My poor mother. My, I bring these out. My mom just is horrified. She's, <laughs> but, and I would tell the story, mom, I was, I was, I was the good girl, you yeah. know? So, you know, this was the MTV Awards in L.A. This was, and um, you're with Robert Downey Jr. And, and Sarah Jessica Parker, because yeah. she's stunning. This was when they were dating, so this is a while back. Oh, yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, and so... Um, He's a great actor. Yeah, isn't he? he looks like he's still. This is before treatment, and he looks, you know, he looks like he's probably on his way. But he's God an awesome him. actor, I think. Yeah, very nice. Uh, we took, um, we had some contest winners. We took to the MTV MTV Awards. You know, not a bad, not a bad victory for somebody. No, right? So yeah, but Fleetwood Mac. Um, I'm oh looking, yeah, there you are with Mick Fleetwood. Yep, yeah, MC Hammer. I read <laughs> Mick Fleetwood's book. It's pretty interesting. Okay, that would be good. You know. Um, Young MC, and he was Young just, um, they were just at 
Parade State Parade Stadium. Um, the Saints CHS Field. Oh yeah. Yeah, they were just there last weekend. They didn't look like that. It looked a little. It looked a little different. Yeah. You know? But um, yeah, Michael Damian. This is Duran Duran. They again. We all look different. Look at me. Look look, look at my hair. But um, again, MTV Awards. This is just Weird Al Yankovic. No, who's that? That's Weasel Zappa. Zappa. Weasel Zappa. Weasel Zappa. I don't know why he, he kind of had a couple hits. Yeah, he, you know, well, he had to take a picture with Weasel Zappa. Yeah, Paul Young. Paul Young. There used to be a radio convention in town called the Conclave. Yes, I yes, remember that. That's where a lot of these are from. There's a suite. And we would go in, and you could get beer and assorted other items, and get. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And then you, CCO, I mixed in. There's some football players here, you know, like always some former AC, Vikings, yeah. Anthony, the skipper, God rest his soul, you know. I mean, some faster pussycat. This is Molly Crew. Um, so you can see he wanted my earrings, so I probably <laughs> should have given them to him. Um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. How are they? Uh, you know, I don't really have any stories okay, about yeah. them. Pretty tame. Okay. You know, like, okay, there's, there's the CD. CDs were big. That's a big deal at the time, you know? So, um, Millie Vanilli, I think one of them died now. Um, uh, this is yeah. Millie, this is at the Old Taste of Minnesota at Harriet Island. Who sang the songs when they were here? Did they actually sing them? No, it was a tape. It okay. Was, it, was it was a tape during before, the concert. This wow. is before all the trouble, but Taste of Minnesota was great at Harriet Island. And the backstage was yeah. you know, on the other side of the stage. And yeah. they, they would get, remember like Whitney Houston, 50,000 people on Harriet Island? Well, It was yeah. dangerous. So one of our guests, uh, Tim Maurer, who worked security for that concert, and, and uh, as he was guarding the stage, she was reached down and when she touched him or something. So it was it somehow made, it made, engaged made with him, yeah. Made his life. Made his life. Well, it was, it was almost dangerous. You could not move on that. That's one road in. Tesla? Uh, that's Joan Jett. Joan Jett. <laughs> Here's this is Tesla right down here. Oh, down there. Oh, okay. I know. Joan. Joan looks a little. This is this is the Motley Crew. I'm not Motley Crew. Um, Metallica. There's Lars. There's James, uh, right there. Hatfield. Yeah. yeah. Old bass player, but uh, yeah, Joan Jett. No, no recollection about her. Winger. Bullet Boys. See some of these bands. Where are they now? Uh, Rat. Long gone. Some of these bands are Kip Winger again. Um, Van Halen. Monsters of Rock, July of '88. Sammy Hager at the Dome. That was a that was a fun show. So yeah, Vixen, yeah. A local girl. She was from Roseville. Remember Vixen? Yeah, Scorpions. Late '80s. Yeah, 100. percent Here's backstage with Scorpions at the Met Center. You'll lock it. They put us in locker rooms. Like this is someone's locker room here. Okay, so the, this looks like an engagement picture almost. Who's that? That is the uh, White Lion. White Lion. <laughs> I looked at that, I'd say that. All these pictures. Well, that one did too. ACDC. Look how tiny Angus Young is. Sorry, this you're listening to this. He's literally, he comes up to um, my shoulders. Wow. One of the best guitar players though, of all time. He's the size of my arm. Yeah. And that's literally how small he is. And then there's Brian Johnson. Brian? Oh, look at Wow. Again, we're in, we're, you know, look at, look at the old exercise bike. It's some the North Stars. That's a pretty friendly photo yeah, there I know. with Brian. Exactly. This is why my mother would cry. <laughs> I'm like, what happened there? Nothing. See, I got my KQ coat on here, yeah. Brianne. Yeah. So uh, this is Cinderella. Man. Mm-hmm. So Just anyway. Just a few of them. Judas Priest? Judas Priest. Look at that. Yeah. So, um, you know, there you go. Man. Def Leppard. Def Leppard. Here's, the fa- here's the famous, um, Rebecca, there's no arm. You can see this is oh, right, after, right yeah. after he lost his arm. This was the famous backstage smoking, drinking. This was the... Um, blowout at Mets uh, July of 88 and there are some stories I'm sure there's some girls in town that could fill us in on yeah. what happened backstage well and there's and Def Leppard's still going 
I mean, I know. you know, they're still there and they still sound good. Coming to U.S. Bank, right? Yes. In August. You know who I saw, I saw recently was the Doobie Brothers and they sound, they sound as good as they ever did. Yeah. 50th, I just their 50th anniversary tour. I could, I, I was, I was stunned how good they were. I mean, I, I don't know why, but sometimes, well, they'll lose a little, but. I don't know. They hadn't lost anything. Well, and back then, we didn't have casinos. I mean, there were no casinos no. for some of these. A lot of these bands are at casinos now. Treasure Island. Um, that's a really good point. And they're great venues. Yes. I can't recommend them enough for any kind of event no. that's going on there. Please I think, go see um, them. Uh, Grand Casino Hinkley does um, Rock Timber, you know, or Rocktober, depending on where the tour falls. And they bring in, I bet half this album will be there. It's Tesla, White Lion, Rat, White Snake, you know, um, L.A. Guns, all those bands at these casinos. It's given them all new life. Oh, you, yeah. All new life. I mean, back then it was um, like the Caboose, um, Carlton Celebrity Room. Yeah, they're all, they're all hoping to live till they're 40, right? Exactly. Now suddenly they're going, wait a minute, we're making more money now than we did. And so I think a lot of that um, helps. Uh, even, even the bigger venues, um, Myth out in Maplewood, you know, that's a big venue. Mystic Lake is a great, great the, the venue. sound is great in there. Indoor and or outdoor. You know, it's pretty good, too. The Ordway at Christmas time, a Darlene Love comes yeah. in and, 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 and does a show in there. And, boy, the sound, you know, you're not going to see a lot of rock acts in, in the Ordway. No. But, and, but the sound in there is, yeah, it's, is unbelievable. And so back then, you just had your large, um, you know, concert halls. I think it was Met Center. And festival seating. Yeah, Right. God. <laughs> that was nothing but trouble waiting to happen. Uh, somewhat, we used to, they uh, fun fest or fun fair out at Harriet Island, you know, and they would bring in concerts. And I mean, George Thorogood was the one where I think it ended it because it just got out, way out of hand. We, you know, violent. What's, oh, really? What's the best concert you ever saw? Springsteen. No doubt, huh? No, just that that guy. Yeah. He's amazing. He just got it done. Just got it done. Ours, and we were talking about Prince before the show started, um, about putting him, you know, into small compartments to move him around. And he was on the soundboard watching the show, you know. And if you knew to look, like, oh, there's Prince. Yeah, there he is. He's little, but you can see him up there. And the lights come on. And so um, we were kind of hanging out watching the show, and and the lights all come on. Well, then you could see there was Prince everywhere. You could see him and everyone turns, oh, you know, and they're moving to the soundboard like Prince and you know, people are dancing. I mean, it was like, it was like a dance-a-thon and he got off the soundboard and he had to make that little run to the tunnel to get to his car. And he danced with people all the way up. It was, it was, he was phenomenal. He just sat there and, and people were taking, well, actually pick cameras. We didn't have cell phones then, but they're trying to take pictures and he just busted a move with people. It was phenomenal. God bless him. Yeah. So nice. Well, and, you know, if, if you're from here, he was our guy, right? He was. He's still our guy. Yeah. I think he was just horrified that oh, all the lights are on. Oh, shoot. Here I am, exposed. And he just took his time, but he got out. So, great. Yeah. Remember our good buddy Julius next door, where mm -hmm. you and I used to work? And I we'd have a lot of conversations, and he was one of Prince's uh, bodyguards. And, uh, yeah, he, great stories. Oh, but, he's just nice. Man, you know, Amy, you could have a million. Brian, any any anything before we let her go back to uh, doing what she does? You know, we kind of talked <laughs> a little bit before too. That it's just kind of radio was so different back then, and it's just everything changes. Yeah, that was the golden age of radio, and that's kind of what I think people still think of when they think of radio. And good, I'm glad that they have that image yeah. of it. But it's untamed, very untamed, and it just kind of <laughs> isn't necessarily the same. And it just what a, even just in a 
kind of a country's history. It's kind of a cool thing and far, as far as a medium, you know, pre-internet, pre, you know, cell, cell phones, phones, all that stuff. It's just like the radio really kind of was like a, com- a community yeah. thing that brought everyone together. And, you know, I grew up on KQ and so same, it was just a, a rock staple in the Twin Cities for a very long time. You, you, so. had, you had access to these artists and yeah. they, and they wanted to meet their listeners and the radio stations that supported them. Now they have to watch every move they make. And oh, sure. The wrong, the wrong move, um, you know. Well, even when they go, we're talking about when they go to work out. Yes. With, with my experience, and they, they just want to make sure people, if they're working out in a gym somewhere, that you're not all walking around with cell phones filming yep. them as they're working out. I, that makes a lot of sense. What's really cool is the pictures you have, because now we don't think twice about it. got a camera. Oh, you know, yep. hey, look, there's Brianne with George Thorgood. Boom, I got your picture. But back then, somebody actually had to have a camera. I love that. With, and then get these developed. Yes, like, okay, everyone smile. A lot of, you know, yeah. look, you know, here's Vince Neil at KQ. Like, come on, Vince Neil's not going to go to a radio station anymore. I mean, no. that doesn't happen, you know. Um, and so, oh, yeah, here's here's the one of uh, Billy Idol's mom. Yeah, there she is. Oh, Billy's mom. That's yeah. You know, that's pretty neat. That I don't think of Billy Idol taking his mom to one of his shows. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and so, you know, that's just, it, it, it's different. You're not, and e- even if it's like, you know, the Backstreet Boys or um, Harry Styles, there's no way Harry's going to come down to KDWB and say hi, and I mean, it's just, it's not going to happen. Well, yeah, even if they're a block away. It's just, yeah, it's a different beast. It is. Would you do it again if you were 18, 17 years 100%. old? 100%. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Glad you did you it. Know, I, at, at the time, you're like, oh, this will be good. This will go forever. And and the 80s were different because it was heavy metal, and it was, it was just a huge genre, and um, we were right in the thick of it. KQ was a big leader. We didn't play a lot of the metal bands, like... Hot Rock and 104 was our big competitor, and so we'd kind of have to spar with them. But, um, you know, uh, definitely, I, w- I would do it again. You know, just the story, the Springsteen stories alone um, are, to me, you know, near and dear. And even at CCO, you know, that was more sports celebrities. I mean, you know, Dave, we were. Yeah, a lot of sports. You know, Lots of sports. A lot of corridors in the Metrodome, you know, um, <laughs> escorting Tory Hunter to the Mike Max broadcast, you know, so, but that was fun too. I mean, well, by it was the way, just, one of the great guys, Tory. I've, yeah. I mean, I got to know a ton of sports people. Tory is right at the top. Would do of the anything class. for his fans, anything. I mean, that guy, Oh yeah, just, just a regular guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I agree. Uh, Amy, great seeing you again as Thanks. always. Thanks for sharing your time here on uh, my first concert. I love it, Sean and Cassidy. Sean Cassidy, man, eleven years old, and he's on tour now. Actually, he is touring. He did you know he's a he produces and writes for um, it's the medical show on NBC. Yeah, um, Which one? Right after this is us, <laughs> uh, Amsterdam, New Amsterdam. Oh, sure. okay. He Sean Cassidy, and he's he's gone on tour. And my my little sister actually is going to go see him in Chicago. Wow, how great is that? I thought about buying a concert T-shirt. You got to get it. You have it. to. Why not? It just, it just makes you feel good. Yeah. Why can't we feel good? Yeah, let's let's uh, do that. All right, uh, Amy, I'll see you again soon. I appreciate you stopping by and sharing uh, some time with us here on my first concert on the Talk North Podcast Network. Brianne, hope you enjoyed Amy today. I certainly did. <laughs> Thank you for thanks for bringing the good guests. There's as usual. a lot more I think she could tell us, and we'll we'll look forward to that the next time she shows up here. In the meantime, a big thank you to Propane, the environmentally friendly energy for everyone for sponsoring the show. You can download us on Spotify, Apple, wherever. Uh, we'd love to have you subscribe because we're bound and determined to make sure that along the way there's going to be a, a concert you may have attended or one that you can identify with. The, the guests have been great. And uh, we're going to see you again next week, Brian. Thank you.